You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Welcome to Voice Junkie. So, Amazon is in the process of cutting more jobs because they're trying to autonomize uh, their entire warehouses and how those things are set up. So, what I mean by that is this. So, you know those packing jobs that those workers have in Amazon warehouses where they, you know, get a bunch of orders in that they have to pack up in those boxes and send them off to, you, you know, your prime delivery service? Well, soon... Those jobs are going to be cut because Amazon is working on a way to autonomize and bring in robots or machinery that will just do the packing for them. So obviously, this is an attempt to cut jobs and to save more money on their bottom line, i.e. pay their executives and stockholders. I mean, let's be real. Cutting jobs and reinvesting that money into the company as far as hiring new positions is not a priority that's top on the list for a lot of these mega companies like Amazon. I mean, let's keep it real. This is to cut money, save costs, save themselves from headaches with how they're treating their workers, etc. So they could just get rid of that issue and make more money on the top. You send, you know, more bonuses, more stock buybacks, etc. I mean, that's what companies do. They cut jobs, save that money, reinvest that money into the pockets of executives and stockholders. That's what they do. They don't reinvest it into the company for jobs. I mean, we've seen this over and over again. So let me read something from the article here uh, that I pulled up. This is uh, exclusive from Reuters that they uh, sent out. Bear with me here. Uh, the company started adding technology to a handful of warehouses in recent years, which scans goods coming down a conveyor belt and envelopes them seconds later in boxes, custom built for each item. Two people who worked on the project told Reuters. Furthermore, as I was hinting towards as far as how it would affect their workforce and their warehouses, I read here, uh, that would amount to more than 1,300 cuts across 55 U.S. fulfillment centers for standard size inventory. Amazon would expect to recover those costs in under two years, at $1 million per machine, plus operational expenses, they said. So Reuters is saying this could cut upwards of 1,300 jobs across all of their fulfillment centers in the country. Not very good if you're struggling and you're trying to find a job or if you're working and slaving away in Amazon's uh, fulfillment center and then you're gonna get the, you know the axe is coming eventually. That can't be a great feeling for those workers. Um, here's a quote from one of the Amazon spokeswomen, uh, a spokeswoman from Amazon, and how they're trying to spin this and explain uh, the purpose of bringing in this new technology. Uh, I quote, we are piloting, they're piloting, so in tech terms, if you were to use this in tech terms, that's like a beta program. So, yeah, we are piloting this new technology with the goal of increasing safety speeding up delivery times, and adding efficiency across our network. Okay, let's pause there. That's one part of the quote. you got to love these companies when they talk about the goal is to increase safety and speed up delivery times and efficiency across. That other second part is true. It is to speed up delivery times and adding efficiency across the network. That is true because at the end of the day, 
speeding up production and paying as low as you can to speed up. See, this is the, this is what companies like to do. They want max production at low cost. That's why they don't like to pay the workers because they want all of that production. They want all of those benefits and give you nothing. So when they bring in new technology, bring in new machinery, they can, you know, fulfill up. Um, they could um, realize that expectation. They could, you know, accomplish that goal of theirs that they, you know, that all of these companies set out to do. And that's to have maximized profits and low return far as what, I mean, you know, give back, which is, you know, employees at the bottom of that totem pole. So safety part is just BS. Like, you're not worried about the safety of your workers because if you did, you wouldn't be having them on these weird uh, breaks, uh, bathroom breaks, and docking them for taking breaks too long and all this other crazy stuff that you hear with these Amazon stores. So safety is not a concern. So don't give me that BS. It's really all about speeding up delivery times and adding you know, production at a low rate. I mean, that's what it is. It's maximizing profits. That's what massive corporations do. That's the sole purpose of corporations, man, is to maximize profits. Corporations are not individuals. I mean, you know this. I've said this to you guys before plenty of times if you've listened to the Voice Junkie podcast and previous episodes and how I disdain, I have a, a huge disdain for people who have the ideology that corporations should have the same rights as people. No, corporations are machines built to maximize profit at any cost. And that cost seems to be 1,300 jobs in the future being cut across the country. So let me read the second part of the uh, quote. She says, we expect the efficiency savings will be reinvested in new services for customers where new jobs will continue to be created. So this is the problem. We know that's a, a you know a bunch of bull crap because they're not going to reinvest in a lot of jobs once they cut those thirteen hundred jobs. Will there be some new jobs created? Yeah, sure there will be, but it won't be nearly as much as the jobs that they're going to cut. I would I would gamble to think I I would I would I would estimate that it's probably only going to be ten percent that they'll bring back from that thirteen hundred. So maybe they'll bring back three hundred jobs. With these new technology positions that they're going to need for people uh, to to control these uh, new uh, you know machinery that they're going to bring in to do all this packing, you're going to have to have humans you know look over it. So you're not going to you know bring nearly as many of those jobs back as you're cutting. So again, this is how crony capitalism is built. It's built on the backs of people. You, you get to take advantage of people and you get to own a whole market. There's really no competition. You know, you where are you going to work if you're in this profession? There's really no competition. Everything is going to be automated. And this is my whole general perception of this of these types of jobs. These warehouse jobs are drying up. These driving jobs, when you, if you work for Uber or Lyft or any other, you know, place where you have to pick people up, or whatever the case may be, the goal for all of these companies to improve, like she said in this quote, to improve adding efficiency across our uh, the network is cutting jobs and, and autonomizing all of these things. Having a robot essentially replace you. That is happening. That is happening. That's why you have to, you know, people 
it's hard for people to, you know, train themselves and, and pick up different skills when they've done something for so long. Our government doesn't help us do that. They don't help train people and move them on to the next part of their lives as far as, you know, any types of skill training is concerned. You know, we don't, there's no structure in place for that. So these 1,300 people, you know, future cuts, those people are going to be shit out of luck. They're not going to have really anything to do. They're going to put so much time and effort into Amazon and get nothing from it. So that's the unfortunate part about it. But this is what's happening in the 21st century. At the same rate, I really loathe what these companies are doing and all the advantages they get, all these tax breaks that they get. And then they use those tax breaks to you know, make robots to replace jobs. And that's a problem. You know, that's a problem, but our government is inherently corrupt and they allow this type of stuff to happen, you know, and surely they will get tax incentives for doing it. <laughs> More money on top of the insane money pile of money that they already have. That's a problem. So we have to prepare for this future of automation. It's happening. There's no <laughs> there's no uh, surprise or there, you shouldn't be surprised that, you know, companies like Uber is spending, you know, upwards of billions of dollars in automating and making self-driving cars. Because you, you think they want to continuously deal with all the contractors, i.e. all the drivers that built the company and, and deal with the headache of labor laws and all of these other things that they have to worry about in, in each state, like states like New York and Austin, Texas, and things like that. You think they want to deal with that? No. They say, you know what, we'd rather reinvest that money. Instead of giving more money to those contractors, those workers that built this company, I'm talking about like an Uber, instead of reinvesting our workers, we're going to reinvest in our company to replace those workers. This is always the mindset of companies. They want to pay you nothing. If they could pay you nothing, they would pay you nothing. <laughs> if they could, legally. And, I mean, we're almost at the point where they're, you know, basically paying you nothing anyway. Because, you know, if you want to keep up with inflation, the cost of living, the cost of this, the cost of that, you're really not getting paid much from companies like this. You're working you know, yourself to death in Amazon's case, in this boxing type of uh, role that people have in fulfillment centers, you know, they are taxing jobs. You know, they're, you know, they're boxing, they're doing, you know, I don't know what, multiple orders per minute on a 10-hour shift. And then they have these weird uh, authoritarian types of rules in place where they can take bathroom breaks at a certain time. And if they don't, take it at a certain time or they take too long of a break then they get docked for it and all these weird arbitrary rules that they have in place it's very taxing for the worker you know but a lot of them this is what they have this is what they can do you I mean they don't have other options many options to go to so to have those you know to be one of those people and knowing that this is coming down the road it's got to be, you know, a gut punch. But this is the reality of the situation. This is why, this is why, you know, voting, I hate to go back to politics, but hey, this is the Voice Junkie podcast. This is how this podcast was started. It was started off the back of politics and trying to give my street perspective to it. 
And my perspective on, a, on automation and the future of it is that we have to start voting in politicians, representatives that represent what we believe in. It's not really about a part two-party system. They want, they, meaning the establishment and the power structures, power structure in place right now, they want to keep blurring the lines and making you believe that we're in some type of gang war where it's about, you know, this side on this side. No, it really should be a a, 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 a a structure in place that's about ideas. Which idea is better? I don't care what shirt you wear. I don't care what jersey or what team you play on. Do your ideas represent what I believe in? And that's what we have to kind of focus on. And, you know, labor laws have to be changed. Labor laws, you know, have to be more fair. That's why having a $15 minimum wage across the country on a federal level is important. That's why it's great that states are taking the action or putting the action, uh, putting it in place across, you know, certain states like, you know, New York and, you know, my state of Connecticut. We just recently passed a $15 minimum wage that's, you know, in tears and it's going to. Re- that realization will max out that $15 will come in 2023 but it's a start because you know the system the way it's set up is not very favorable to the working class folk it's just not so you know just to harken back on automation and just to know that this is what we need to expect coming down the road automation so if you're gonna if you, you want to get yourself trained, maybe get yourself trained into find those industries that is much difficult, more difficult to uh, for these companies to automate, like healthcare. You know, all the aging people from the baby boomer generation are retiring. They're having homemade home care. They're having a lot of those things. So healthcare is one of those industries that you can do that in. Um, digital media, if you can get involved in it in any aspect. Find those industries, find those categories that are much harder for these companies, these massive overlords that we call companies. Don't control and dictate, you know, that, you know, they don't have a hand in changing through automation. So automation is a big concern coming down the road. We definitely need to pay attention to it. We definitely need to retrain and, you know, just be more involved in our communities and, 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 and avoiding stuff like this. Take away tax incentives from companies like this. If they're going to take away jobs, then you got to take away tax breaks for them. It's just the bottom line of it. If The whole point is to hire people, not to cut people. Queen B herself, Beyonce, might be adding more money to her insanely already rich stockpile of riches in the near future. It's being reported. Now, I don't know. I don't know how official this report is, but I'm seeing it circulate throughout a lot of reputable sources as far as Yahoo Finance, which is uh, the article that I have pulled up right now. And also Forbes is reporting. So I don't know how official it is. There's no real official financial documents that came out as far as what Beyonce is going to make off of this. But anyway, I'm foreshadowing. Four years ago, Beyonce was offered $6 million to perform for a corporate Uber event in Las Vegas. Instead of taking the money, Beyonce, you know, aha, uh-huh, 
being the shrewd operator that she is, the smart businesswoman that she is, instead of taking that $6 million cash, she opted to turn that into stock instead. Stock in the company. She turned that cash into an investment. So let me just pause right there before I get into more details of the story. This is something that's really, really smart that everybody should understand, even on a street level. You know, when you burn bridges, you know, when I talk to the dude, you know, I talk to the homies on the street and all that, the young dudes, I try to tell them, look, it's not always about the short term. Like you worried about that quick money up front instead of worrying about that long investment on the back end. Like we so caught up in the moment where we trying to make money, boom, 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 make our quick transactions. And we're worried about the short term. When in reality, you should be building for that long-term stretch. And this is a perfect example of that. She could have just easily pocketed the $6 million, added it to her stockpile and to her bank account, and you know went on with her life. But you know what? She was real shrewd. She thought to herself, say, hey, you know what? This is a new company. This is 2015 at the time. So Uber was just starting out. So this was a new revolutionary company that nobody really thought of or you know the concept. Nobody really thought of or did it on this scale. So she must have thought at the time in 2015, like, hey, you know what? It's $6 million. I have it. Like, I've got way more than $6 million. So, you know, instead of taking this money, why well, not just throw it back into the company and see what happens? As you know, just do it as an investment. And boy, oh boy, according to the article and according to the rumors or the speculation, she made out like a bandit. So apparently... She is, she's going to make, so her Uber stock is likely going to be worth $9 million. So she essentially just kept equity, money that she made off of the company, sat it in, kept it within the company, basically like an account. And then four years later, eh, flipped it, made $3 million off of it. That is, that's, that's. That's rich people shit right there, man. <laughs> like, only rich people can move like that and make money like that. It's like the stock market. I tell people all the time, you can't really make money unless you got money to play with and you got money to lose. Like, you can't go on the stock market and stock exchange and, and buy stocks and have a few hundred dollars to play with. No, you got to have not just a few thousands of dollars. You got to have several thousands of dollars to really make an impact on the market. And this is just rich people doing rich things, investing and, and making themselves, you know, enriching themselves even more off of just being real smart. So Beyonce, man, shout out to her. I mean, you know, the money, the extra three million that she's going to make is coming off of Uber's IPO that they just filed a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago. So, you know, they, they came into the stock market. They're finally a public offering for anybody to buy. Um, shares started off at $45 a share, which is pretty freaking high, to be honest. So if you're one of those people out there who are vaguely interested in the stock market, I wouldn't jump in at $45. I think that's a little high. I think that price will probably go down at some point as people start to sell it off to make, you know, money and make their, you know, make up their losses. But anywho, so, you know, it went out $45 a share. She she wasn't the only celebrity that did this. So, you know, you had guys like Ashton Kutcher. Uh, you had Jay-Z also put some 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 equity in. So who knows what his percentage is, you know, whatever. No, 
whoever knows what he made back on it. Uh, Olivia Munn, Leonardo DiCaprio, all these other people that usually get their money's worth. As far as, you know, liking to get themselves involved in a technology uh, industry on the side as an investor. Uh, those are like angel investors if you think about it. But yeah, I mean, again, Bank of Beyonce, man. She's gonna <laughs> she's she's literally getting so rich, her and Jay-Z, they're gonna have to make their own freaking bank at some point. Like it's just she's a shrewd operator. It's no different than when she, you know, the last thing she just did where, you know, she made roughly four million dollars off of Coachella, her performance last year, but she took less money reportedly so she can have the rights to the performance, have all the video and all the, you know, really cinematic stuff that she did for that homecoming video that released on Netflix. That was all based off of her performance off of Coachella. She took less money to have more rights to the video so she could then package it and sell it to a network. And what she did was she inked a freaking $60 million Netflix deal just, you know, based on just having the homecoming footage. So she just flipped that money. Like, if she was going to make $8 million off of Coachella, it meant nothing because she's like, I'm going to make $60 million off of Netflix or HBO, whoever bids has the highest bid. Like, this is playing, this is this is not checkers she's playing. She's playing chess. And let's go back to my street uh, logic or my street and uh, analogy that I was using well, a lot of cats on the street, they worry about that short-term money, that, that quick money up front, and not really focus on that large investment on the back end. And this is a perfect example of that. This is shrewd, a shrewd businesswoman operating at the highest level. So, I mean, Jay and Beyonce at this point are like freaking the king and queen of this whole freaking pop culture industry that we love to fawn over. Like, you got to give... Major props to Beyonce. I mean, she definitely, without a doubt, is the queen bee. Not just on stage, but off stage. That's all we got for this episode of Voice Chunky Podcast. Thanks for tuning in as always, man. It, it, it means so much to me when you could just take the time out your day, personal time out your day that you can't get back to check your boy out, listen to what I'm talking about on every future episode. It's awesome. Become a, you know, a leader. And, and, and really, really uh, support this podcast and help it get off the ground. Go to listener support. There's a link down there in the bio section below. If you want to support, you know, give a dollar a month or whatever. Anything helps. Anything helps. It'll be awesome. Thank you again for listening. Until next time, y'all. Peace.